Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. A couple of years ago, Karen started accusing me of, of something. It's kind of hard to talk about, but, but one, one morning I was walking through the bedroom and Karen said, uh, you pulled the covers last night. She accused me of being a cover puller. And uh, 40 years of marriage never happened before. I walked through the bedroom. She's making the bed. She said, you pulled the covers last night. And I said, no, I didn't. She said, yeah, you did. And I said, no, Karen, I did not pull the covers. I do not pull the covers. There's nothing worse than a cover puller. There's like thieves, murderers, terrorists, and cover pullers. And I'm not a cover puller. She said, yeah, you are a cover puller. You, co- you pull the covers a lot. I said, no, I don't. So I was I, you know, kind of put out with that. And, and so I went, I was staying in a hotel. I was speaking somewhere and I was by myself. So I woke up the next morning after, you know, when I was about to check out of my room and I was walking through and I looked at the bed and I noticed that I had pulled all the covers to my side. And for just a nanosecond, I thought Karen might be right. But then I realized if you're sleeping by yourself, it's not cover pulling. It's just using all the available covers, right? Okay, and, and so, by, by the way, I, I have a basic life principle that I'm not responsible for what I do when I'm unconscious. How many men agree with that? I'm, only confront me for what I do when I'm conscious. If I'm unconscious, I don't want you talking to me about it. Anyway, so I, I thought maybe, maybe Karen was right, but, but I, then I realized not. So I go home, and so October of last year, we had the worst night that we've ever had together. It was just cover wars all night long, and Karen was pulling the covers, horribly pulling the covers all night long. And about the middle of the night, I'm starting to get cold. I realized the covers are off the bed. All I've got is just one cover left and the main cover's been pulled off the bed. And I'm just thinking, what is wrong with her? She is trying to accuse me of pulling the covers when in fact, she's the cover puller in the family. She's trying to blame me, but she pulled the covers. So I get out of bed the next morning and I step out of bed and I step on something. And I realize it's the blanket. It's on my side of the bed. And at first, I think I pulled the covers completely off the bed last night. And that's what was happening. But then I realized Karen pulled them off and she came over and planted it on my side. (laughs) So later, all the guys understand this. So I stepped out of bed and the covers were on my side. Okay, So I'm walking through the bedroom later uh, in the morning and Karen is standing next to the covers like she's been waiting there for me to walk through. And I walked through and she said, see what you did last night? And I said, yeah, yeah. And I walked through. Well, that's kind of the day that I realized I had a, I had a problem. And I could see myself sitting in a group saying, hi, I'm Jimmy and I'm a cover puller. <laughs> Everybody says, hi, Jimmy. And you know, I just, it, it, I couldn't believe it, first of all. I couldn't believe that I pulled the covers all the way off the bed. And, and so I told Karen, and, and she also accused me of snoring and um, about the same time, and I said, I don't snore. Then the neighbors called and asked why we were mowing the yard at night. And I said, we're unconscious, leave us alone. And, but this is not about cover pulling. It's about a dynamic in marriage that happens once we've been married for a while. Man, just about everybody goes through this dynamic, but it's a very dangerous dynamic. And, and that's where I was. Karen had been saying to me for a couple of years that, you know, that I was pulling the covers. And my response to that was, no, I'm not. I, I didn't. And she would say to me, I couldn't sleep last night because you were pulling the covers or you were snoring or whatever. Well, I stopped pulling the covers. As soon as she said that, 
about me sleeping with her, what I realized was I didn't care. I was not caring about how she slept. I was not caring about her experience sleeping. All I was caring about was myself. And, and here's the dynamic that happens in marriage. Once we get comfortable with the relationship, we begin to focus on other things and we put the relationship on autopilot. And that's when everything bad happens in marriage is when we hit autopilot. In dating, the thing about dating and when you're newly married is you're highly focused on your spouse and everything that happens to them is very important to you. You want them to enjoy you. You want them to enjoy what you say and what you do. You're highly focused. You're very proactive in pleasing each other. But the longer you stay married, there is the, the process that we go through that we hit autopilot, we begin to take each other for granted. And then our spouse begins to complain about stuff and it actually annoys us. Whereas before we wanted to hear it and before we were very receptive to what they were saying, now we become insensitive to it. Well, I'm gonna talk about flying. I'm a pilot, and I fly a plane, a little plane. I just fly a single-engine plane, but I'm a pilot. And I wanna talk about autopilot. Now, this would surprise some people to know, but a lot of pilots don't know how to fly very well because of autopilot. One of my friends runs a charter service, a flying charter service, and he hired a commercial pilot to fly for him, like you know, twin-engine props and King Airs and things like that. And this pilot of about 30 years went to work for him and my friend hired him immediately when he knew that he was a commercial pilot and had all these you know, 15,000 hours flying. And the guy, when he took the job, this pilot said, well, I'm gonna have to brush up on my skills because it's been a while since I've flown. And my friend said, what do you mean it's been a while since you've flown? You're a commercial pilot. He said, the plane that I fly, I drive to the runway, push a button, it takes itself off, flies all the way there, lands itself, and I park it back at the gate. Flying has become so sophisticated that some of the crashes that you're hearing about are actually the autopilot disengaging and the pilots don't have the skills to fly the plane without that autopilot. And so my plane has autopilot. There's a little, there's a little button right on the dash that once I take off, I can pre-program the autopilot, I take off, I get up in the air and I can hit autopilot and it'll fly me all the way to the runway. Now my plane won't land itself but I can fly it all the way the runway, click off of autopilot and land the plane. But the more you use autopilot, the more you lose the skills of flying. And more and more, what and my friends and I, what we do is we hand fly up to altitude. We hand fly for a long time and then we hand fly down. When you're, when you're on autopilot, first of all, you lose skills. Secondly is you become distracted. And so when I'm flying my plane by hand, I am extremely sensitive to the entire aircraft and what's going on. I'm flying it. And if I just barely pull my yoke over, that plane's gonna turn this way. If I barely push it forward, it's gonna go nose down. Whatever I'm doing with my feet, with my hands, I'm totally in control of that plane and I'm very, very sensitive to it. The minute I hit autopilot, here's the way I fly. I've been there. I understand the weight that life's pressures can put on your shoulder. And that's why I wanna to talk to you about something that's made a real difference in my life, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is on a mission to make therapy more accessible and affordable for everyone. I know finding a therapist can be hard, especially when limited by your location, but BetterHelp makes it easier. It's all online, it's remote, and by simply answering a few questions, BetterHelp can match you with a professional therapist in just a matter of days. Signing up is easy. Just click the link in the description or go to betterhelp.com forward slash marriage today. This link not only supports this channel, but also gets you a fantastic 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. Because finding the right therapist is crucial. It's like finding the right fit for your life. 
but if for any reason you feel the connection isn't there, no worries. You can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com forward slash marriage today. Remember, BetterHelp, that's better, H-E-L-P, is here to help you navigate life's challenges. Take that first step toward a happier, healthier you. If you're tired of endlessly scrolling through mundane TV shows, searching for something fresh and inspiring, I get it. Time is too valuable to waste on mind-numbing content. It's time to invest in something new. Allow me to introduce you to Hillsdale College. They're offering over 40 free online courses covering essential and enduring subjects. Think C.S. Lewis, the Book of Genesis, the essence of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, and the ancient Christian church. And here's the kicker. These courses won't cost you a penny. They're absolutely free. Now I want to share a personal recommendation. American Citizenship and Its Decline with Victor Davis Hanson. In this insightful eight-lecture course, Victor explores the history of Western citizenship and the challenges it faces today, from the vanishing middle class to the rise of globalist organizations and much more. Here's the deal, friends. Head over to hillsdale.edu forward slash marriage right now to kick off your free course. It's simple to get started and it won't cost you a dime. That's hillsdale.edu forward slash marriage, the gateway to beginning your learning journey. Don't miss this chance to invest your time in something truly meaningful. Join Hillsdale College and let's start expanding our horizons together. Looking down at the ground. You know, I'm still engaged with my instruments and everything here. We listen to XM radio. We'll listen to golf or listen to football or listen to something like that. We'll listen to the radio. But as soon as we hit autopilot, we are not sensitive to the airplane any longer because we know that autopilot's flying the plane. But ultimately you become unconscious. There, there are pilots that hit autopilot and go to sleep. There have been commercial pilots that have overflown their destination because they got up in the air, they had autopilot, and they actually went to sleep. Here's what happens in marriage. The minute you hit autopilot, you begin to lose the skills of relationship. Now listen, there are couples that have been married for one year that have better relationship skills than couples have been married for 40 years. You've been on autopilot for so long, maybe not completely in the relationship. Karen and I, when Karen was complaining to me about you know, pulling covers and things like that, I mean, I wasn't, I, we had, were on autopilot in our relationship, but I was in that area of our relationship. And it worried me. It, when Karen said that and I realized how bad I'd been pulling the covers, I just thought, you know, I really am checked out in that area. And I hope there are other areas that I'm not checked out also. But you lose the skills as soon as you put your relationship on autopilot, you actually begin to lose the skills of relationship and you begin to lose awareness of your spouse and what's going on in their life. And ultimately, you just become, like I said, don't, don't confront me on what I'm doing when I'm unconscious. We shouldn't be unconscious in marriage. For example, when I, when I wake up at night now, I told Karen, I said, you know, Karen, I can't do anything about cover pulling. I actually, there's two things I can do about cover pulling. Okay, you're, you're semi-conscious, you know, when you're rolling over at night. So the first thing I do is I roll toward her, not away from her. When I'm rolling over at night and when I roll away from Karen, I push the covers her way. Okay, before, for two years, I kept saying, I'm not pulling the covers. I'm not a cover puller. Now, I'm, I'm highly sensitive when I'm in bed of what's happening to Karen all night long, which before I wasn't. That's what I'm talking about. 
You, you've got to click off. I've got two buttons in my plane. I've got a button right here that says AP, that's autopilot. I've got a button on my yoke that's a red button that says AP, and that's how you click off autopilot. I want everybody clicking off autopilot tonight. If you've been in any area of your relationship, you're, you're losing, if you're on autopilot in any area, you're losing the skills of relating and you're losing awareness of each other and it's a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. Why do you ever hit autopilot in the first place? Well, the first, the first is, you think once you've reached altitude that you can just coast on in. In other words, we worked to date, we worked to get married, you know, we're doing great, and so we can hit autopilot, and now we can just coast on in. Well, here's what you need to understand. Planes run out of gas. My plane has four hours of fuel. That autopilot's dandy until you run out of gas. And the best plane in the world without gas is gonna crash. The other reason that we hit autopilot is we wanna focus on something else. And so we focused on each other and we fell in love and, and we married, but now I wanna focus on my career or we wanna focus on the kids or we wanna focus on something else. Listen, the instant you hit autopilot and your focus turns someone, somewhere else, your marriage is in danger. You cannot, your main focus, like I said, we have the instrument panel in front of us. When I hit autopilot and I'm flying, I look out the window for a minute and I do my scan of the instruments. The, a, the, a knowledge of what is happening at the instruments has to be the number one thing that I'm doing when I'm flying. Listen, in marriage, yes, we have careers. Yes, we have children. Yes, we have other things. But our spouse has got to be the main focus of our lives. Except for Jesus Christ, we have to keep our... If you're saying, we, you know, we've got other things to do and I've got to focus on something else, it's the beginning of the end. The minute you hit that autopilot and you begin to put your focus somewhere else, bad things happen. The other reason that we do it is that's how we were trained to fly. You say, well, Jimmy, isn't that normal? Well, let me say, if, if your parents or whoever trained you in marriage, if your parents were on autopilot, they either flew very low or they crashed. I want you to get to a high altitude and I want you to stay there for the rest of your marriage. And I want you to hand fly the airplane. I never, ever want you for the rest of your married life to ever hit autopilot. And if you're on it right now, I want you to click off. If you hit this button, I want you to click off with this button right here. And we're gonna hand fly it in. Here's the truth about the flight of marriage. Number one, no marriage can fly itself. It requires human input. You, you've got to have two human beings working at the marriage for the marriage to work. Number two is marriage is a two-pilot plane. My, my plane is a one-pilot plane. But the best planes are two-pilot planes. You have to have two people in the cockpit to fly that plane, okay? Marriage is a two-pilot plane. Don't make your spouse fly the plane by themselves. They can't. Marriage requires the input of two people. The other thing is flying the plane is the most important thing you can do if you value the other lives on board. Listen, if your plane goes down, your children are gonna get hurt. If your plane goes down, other people are gonna be hurt. Imagine for just a minute that you get on a commercial plight and it's a two it's a big plane it's a two two pilot plane and you see both the pilots in there maybe it's a man and a woman you get on the plane you're boarding you see this male and female pilots in there and you're thinking that's, that's great and the plane takes off there's a couple hundred people on board and after about 20 or 30 minutes of the plane being up in the air both pilots walk out the door and just come out and start visiting with everybody and they're just having the biggest time. They're just visiting with everybody. And that's okay for five or 10 minutes. You're thinking, oh, yeah, okay, well, they got all piled on this plane. But they leave the door open. You can see there's nobody up there. And then 30 minutes goes by and an hour goes by and two hours goes by. And you're thinking, hey, you people need to get up that cockpit up there. When you're not tending to your marriage, that's how your children feel. Your children need mom and dad up in the cockpit flying that plane. It's a two pilot plane. 
And if it goes down, those children are gonna get hurt. And so the very best thing that we can do for our family is to work on our marriage. So I wanna talk about how to keep your marriage flying high. I'm gonna give you a little flying lesson here, okay? And this is what they teach you when you're, when you're taking flying lessons. Number one, believe that you could crash. When you're taking pilot's lessons in the classroom part of it, they talk to you about feelings of invincibility. And they say, if you believe that you're bulletproof and 10 feet tall and you're not gonna crash, you're the guy that's gonna crash. Because pilots need to be sober-minded people. And they need to understand it could happen to me. Now, when Karen, Karen and I started our marriage ministry over 20 years ago, there was a couple, a uh, wonderful couple, and they had a wonderful marriage ministry. And they went all over the world uh, ministering to marriages, and they, they registered the success of their ministry by how many divorces were canceled. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of divorces were canceled. Or were, were canceled and uh, they, uh, they were on our program, we interviewed them, and then they divorced. This powerful marriage ministry, and in the letter, uh, he ran off with some gal, and in the letter that he wrote uh, explaining the failure of their marriage, he said, we didn't, we, I didn't listen to my own teaching. Karen and I could crash. We're not invincible, and we understand that. And when you understand that you're not invincible, you work on your marriage. The second, the second way that you keep flying high in your marriage is learn the laws of aerodynamics and respect them. There are laws of aerodynamics. I don't fear flying. The more you learn about flying, flying's the safest. Listen, flying is the safest method of, of transportation, right? Okay. Marriage is the safest relationship on earth. Did you know that with all of its warts, marriage is the safest relationship on earth? And did you know that the way that God designed it, you have a 100% chance of success in marriage? Did you know that? This marriage is the safest relationship on earth when you do it God's way. God said, for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother. Well, how do we know that God wasn't just saying that to Adam and Eve? How do we know that God was also saying that to us? Because Adam and Eve didn't have a mother. God directly created Adam and Eve. They were the only people ever created that didn't have a belly button. So God says, for this cause, a man is gonna leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. Marriage has to be first. Now listen to me. When you break a law, you're gonna get hurt. Marriage operates within God's laws. Karen and I violated every law of marriage when we first got married, and we were on the brink of divorce. And so when you understand the laws of marriage and you understand it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, how rich you are, how talented you are, no one is the exception. Gravity doesn't care who you are. It will drag you down and kill you. It doesn't care who you are. It's, it's an impersonal thing. The laws of marriage will help anyone succeed or if you violate them, anyone will fail. Okay, number one law, marriage has to be first. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother. The most important relationship that you had before you got married, now has to be reprioritized in real terms, okay? So here's what I'm saying. If your job comes before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. If your children come before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. If any friendship you have comes before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. Let me say, here's, here's the, so that's just true. But here's the special challenge that our generation has. It's called electronics, Listen to what happened in this room. I don't know if it happened in other places, the rumble. So people say all the time, my spouse is sitting across the room from me, but they're not with me. They're, they're on their phone. 
They're texting. I can't, we're not, we're not connecting because they're connected somewhere else. When, when, you, when, you bring, when you open up an electronic instrument, okay? Now, Karen and I don't Facebook. We Facebook on marriage today. We don't do Facebook. One, one statistic I read said that one-third of all affairs begin on Facebook. And one-half of divorce petitions have the word Facebook on them. Okay. So I'm saying, if I, if I said to you, here, I would like to hand you this, and it's probably going to help you a whole lot have an affair or get divorced. Would you, would you accept that? And I'm not saying anything bad about Facebook. I'm saying you need a technology-free zone in your home where you are together and no one else is there with you. And if you can't shut your phone off or shut your computer down, it means it's in control of you. You're not in control of it. Technology is a wonderful servant. It's a terrible master. And technology is destroying marriages. It's keeping us from connected. If you're sitting in the same room, you're both on the computer talking to somebody else, you're not with each other. Karen and I used to come home, I would come home, we would eat together as a family, we would put our children to bed, we taught them to respect our marriage, they knew that they had a certain time, up to a certain time of night was their time, and then we put them to bed and then it was our time, and we went into the bedroom and we had a little area, a little sitting area, where we went into the bedroom, we popped popcorn, and we, without television, without any, anyone or anything uh, you know, distracting us, we would sit and talk face to face for an hour or two. And I look back on that as some of the most important time in our marriage, connecting every single day. But I hear people right now telling me all the time, we just don't have any connection. You know, it's, it, but they're texting, they're, they're emailing, they're, they're on the telephone, they're, there's the constant intrusion there. The number one law of marriage is your marriage has to be first in real terms. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how busy you are, doesn't matter how talented you are, doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter. No one is the exception. Your marriage has to be number one. Hey there, we are Dave and Ashley Willis, and today we're talking about how we can fly high in our marriage. And a big, important part to this is having a marriage that is not in the autopilot mode. We can never do this. We have to really keep our marriage a priority, and we do this by being intentional. Yeah, it takes being intentional because anything left on autopilot will eventually crash. Absolutely. And we want to prevent that for our marriages. We've got some great questions today that we want to address. Question one, we're newlyweds and my husband doesn't include me in his business decisions. I feel like he's trying to keep this separate. Aren't we supposed to share everything? It's a great question. Yes. What, are your, what are your thoughts? Well, first and foremost, I would say, yes, you're supposed to share everything. And I would ask your husband, you know, why do you feel like you can't share your business decisions with me? Is there something that you know, that you feel like is sensitive, that you can't share because it's, it's going against someone's confidence. You know, I would really get to the heart of the issue. And it may just be that. It may honestly be an innocent thing like that where he feels like this is just for my business life and I don't want to burden you with this or I don't want to betray this person's confidence. But I would say to your husband, you know, even so, there shouldn't be any secrets between a husband and a wife. We need to be completely 100% secret-free secret with one free another. Secret-free guarantee. That's right. But at the same time, assume the best in your husband. I yes. think for a lot of us as men, there's this need to compartmentalize. It's not always a healthy need, but we think I've got my home life, my work life, I've got all these different kind of slices of the pie, and I don't want things mixing together. And in his mind, he might actually think he's protecting you. It's That's like, true. I don't want to burden my wife. I don't want to bring home all the stress that I'm feeling or facing at work. Um, but at the same time, he can't look at it like, like that. A husband and wife do need to share everything, to be able to lean on each other in everything. And he's not right. protecting you by keeping those things a secret. He's actually 
based on your question, harming your trust and, and potentially hurting your feelings and putting a wedge between you. And if he would see it that way, I think that it might change the whole conversation. But I think it all starts with communication as most issues in marriage do to just just talk about this. Tell him you don't want there to be anything between you and you feel like the barriers he's putting up around work are creating uh, just creating some wedges between you. And I think it might change the dynamic. That's true. I think, you know, just appeal to his heart in this, you know, he's probably like Dave said, looking at it as like, this is just business. Why would I need to talk to my wife about it? But just tell him, say, I wanna connect with you on every level. And your work is a big part of your life. And I want to be able to connect with you there. So please just share it with me. Don't make me feel like I have to be on the outside. I wanna be, you know, having a front row seat in your life as well. All right, next question. It says, after 32 years of marriage, my parents divorced. It's upset me and my sisters. I'm worried that my marriage may suffer the same fate. How can we keep this from happening? Well, first off, I'm so sorry. I mean, I, I can't imagine the, the pain of having your whole worldview rocked when, when yeah. the two people you look to is, is the example that you wanna follow in your own marriage end up splitting up. Now, we're seeing an epidemic of this. You're not alone. This is happening a lot. I think one of the best things you can do is while you're raising your kids, make sure you make your marriage a priority. One of the reasons for this epidemic of divorce among people who are empty nesters is that they became really good business partners. They, they did really good at raising the kids together, but along the way, they stopped investing in their relationship. And then one day they wake up and realize they have an empty nest and an empty marriage. They don't even know each other anymore. And so I'm sure your parents are great people, but probably something like that is what happened. The focus was on other things other than each other. So if you wanna not repeat that same mistake, then even in the busy season of raising children, make your marriage a priority, make date night a priority, make dreaming new dreams and having new adventures with your spouse a priority, where it's not just all about the kids, and of course your kids are important, but they're gonna grow up and move away, and your spouse is gonna be your spouse forever, for life, and so, yeah, invest in your marriage. Absolutely, and just know that no matter what our family members decide to do, we're not doomed by their decisions. Absolutely. You know, God has a plan for you and your husband, so and true. it's an awesome plan. And you know, we can't go through the day and think, well, I'm just doomed because of so-and-so's decisions. We can't allow that to fill our minds and our hearts. You know, God has called us to something different, and you have tools under your belt to make your marriage stronger, just like Dave said, and so don't let that get you down. And I hope that encourages you today. And we, we pray with and for your family and for other families in that same Absolutely. situation. And the Lord will carry you through this. We hope this has been an encouragement to you. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can continue the conversation with us on social media or marriagetoday.com. And we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And we wanna let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage, where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes and start listening today. 